We went down the cryptocurrency path already because uh, that was part of our week this week. But we're not we're not going to talk about cryptocurrency the entire show. That's not we're not cryptocurrency. You have not read yet. the show notes then. <laughs> hey, this is Eric, and you're listening to PHP Ugly, episode seventy three. And in this episode, Thomas, John, and myself, we talk about blockchain and Bitcoin technologies and something called Buddhism on blockchain. We talk about how close AI is to taking over the world. There's still some trouble brewing in the Node community. Of course, we'll give you an update on the latest with Wave PHP and a lot, lot more. So let's get started. So for years... And I mean, literally, literally years, my wife and children used to watch a TV show and just break out in laughter, hardcore laughter. I, I've never heard people laugh so hard at a television show before. And I would kind of wonder in there, because I don't watch a lot of TV, and when I do, it's not typically these goofy comedies. So I would wonder in there every now and then, and uh, they would be watching The Big Bang Theory. And I like I fought watching it for years, and I finally came around and decided to start watching it. And I gotta give it its credit; it's a pretty funny show. Well, this makes this show pretty simple, because did you know that Sheldon Cooper proclaimed that the best number is the number seventy-three? Why, you asked? Well, he went on to explain that 73 is the 21st primary number. Its mirror, 37, is the 12th. And its mirror, 21, is the product of multiplying 7 and 3. And, in binary, 73 is a palindrome. 1001001, which backwards is 1001001. Which, as a side note, and this wasn't in the show, 1001001 contains seven digits, three of which is one. Sheldon Cooper, who's played by the actor Jim Parsons, was born in 1973. The actor. I don't know when Sheldon was born, but the actor was born in 1973. And all of this happened on the Big Bang, on the Big Bang Theory, the alien parasite hypothesis and it was episode 73 this is episode 73 of php ugly coincidence i think not absolutely i i hate everything about what you just said that's awesome good to hear you good I, to see I, you too thomas i absolutely so, hate that so show. happy i i put so much work into my you don't like the big bang theory how no, do you I, not like the big bang theory <clears throat> Because it's just a mockery of people who have actual social problems, and and it's also terrible. Oh and come not funny. on! It's not you're funny. out of your mind. It is not funny. You're out of your mind. It is funny. You you so either you watch it and you're not willing to admit you watch it because that would be the only way you know it's not funny, or you haven't watched it. And you don't really know it's not funny. You're just making the assumption because you don't want to like it. I have earnestly so, attempted to way, watch it and really struggled getting through an episode. I fought it for so long, and 
I finally broke down and started watching it, and I find it very enjoyable. I don't, I don't know why you don't find it, why you wouldn't find it enjoyable. Sorry, to, sorry, to, I'm sorry to hear you're such a miserable person that you can't you enjoy the Big knew Bang that. Theory. You already knew I was a miserable person. <laughs> oh, Thomas, Thomas, what am I gonna do with you? Oh, man, so we're—it's just you and I. We're flying. We're flying. Uh, just the two of us today. No Menage on twa- pod on um, podcast. Menage podcast. No John. Yeah, something's up with John. I'm not sure what. He won't disclose it. But my uh, well, my immediate thought is his testicles. I don't know why. <laughs> and just you just go right to the testicles. That's huh? my go-to. Okay. Something something must be wrong with his testicles. <laughs> I'm sure he's just busy. Some people have a life. Yeah, testicles can keep you busy. Apparently we don't. <laughs> Thomas, so we're recording. We're recording Saturday night because on our normal recording day, um, Thursday, right? That's when we normally record. Yeah, we uh, John and I had gone to a a user group for blockchain and. As we shared with go. You, Thomas, <laughs> as when we got there, or right before we got there, we got a notification that the presenter had canceled, and we were really interested in seeing the presenter because uh, the whole presentation was going to be hands-on, um, writing out contracts uh, on the blockchain, which is something we're super, really, really interested in. We've been looking into it, and this is going to be a re- step through. This is how you do it, and. So was super disappointed to find out that um, that he couldn't make it. I guess he's going to be at the Bitcoin user group up in L.A. next month, and they're going to stream that one. So I'm hoping to catch that. Um, if I think about it, I will put that in the show notes for anybody else interested. But yeah, but that's not the that's not really the thing. So John and I still went, even though the presenter canceled. We still went because. We noticed that um, at the user group, the the RSVP list was up to about a hundred people. And I'm like, man, that Which can't is pretty be right. crazy. There can't, can't there can't be a hundred people going to this thing when we showed up? And keep in mind, the presenter had canceled, so you've got to think a percentage of people had bailed out and decided they weren't going. There were probably still a hundred people there. It it just <laughs> It absolutely blew me away how packed this place was. And I was telling John, I'm like, what is everybody's interest here? Now, there was a lot of talk of Bitcoin. Bitcoin was clearly the focal point of, of a lot of people in, in other just g- generic um, cryptocurrency. But, you know, of course, Bitcoin being the big one. Uh, and they ended up having a panel, which was kind of informative. It, it, was, it was good kind of... I, I gleamed a little information from it. Um, but just the turnout, dude. The turnout was massive. And I, I, I'm i still beside myself. I'm like, why are all these people here? Like, why are all these people here? It just doesn't make sense to me. It's 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 baffling. I, I, I can't explain. It's this, money. These... I, when you, you look at the growth rates of things like like bitcoin where you can make you know 
a pretty amazing percentage of of your investment in a couple days. That's people people buy into it. People say, ah, I've got to get on this boat. How do I do it? And you end up with a, a flood of people who are not properly educated. Well, and that was the, the weird thing about this one because that was my my initial thought is are these just a lot of people trying to understand what Bitcoin is? But that really wasn't the case. Like everybody there seemed very I was probably the least informed on the the cryptocurrency ecosystem than anybody else at this meetup. Really? I mean, these were hardcore either hardcore crypto people, cryptocurrency people or developers. There was there was a lot of intelligence in that room. Um that surprises I, me. I was cuz right when I sat down and, and I saw the people here, I'm like, "Oh, this is going to be like the experience Thomas had. Somebody here is trying to sell something." <laughs> and uh that wasn't the case. It wasn't the case at all. It it was crazy, man. I I, I don't know. What to, I I don't know how they can continue to. I, I, I want to go back to another one just to see if they if they have a sustainability with this turnout because it was it was insane. It was insane. Where did they have a Where did they have a place to meet with so many people? I, I'm pretty. I'm almost positive we were violating some fire code. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you probably shouldn't it, it have was, been smoking. Oh, it was nuts to butt, man. I swear to God, we were packed in there like sardines. It was, it was, uh, it was tight. Let me just tell you. Um, not a whole lot of wiggle room for anybody. Yeah, because I asked you guys, I asked you guys if you were going to make it home early to record the podcast, and your response was, we can't get out of here. I can't, I I wasn't kidding. I, I could not get, I was not getting out of there. And there was standing room only, and, and, there was very little of that left. Huh. It, 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 so the, the, the place itself wasn't, but the place itself wasn't very big either. I mean, it was, um, I, I don't know. I'm not good with measurements. It was small, but yeah, it, oh, man, I just, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. I, I was telling John, there has got to be a way to make money here. I mean, there's got to be. A, I understand how everybody thinks they're making money. There were miners there, like like there was there was a certain segment of miners there. There was a certain segment of people who were who wanted to do their own token. Matter of fact, one of the guys on the panel, uh, that was their whole thing is they were coming out with their token and their cryptocurrency. Um, but there were like these little in in like certain groups didn't agree with other groups, and you could you could start to see that kind of form. <laughs> nice, you know. But well, I mean, was, uh... I I can see that though because the there's a company called Decentraland. Have you heard about this? No. They had their ICO this week, and it was a complete nightmare. Um, mm-hmm. The ICO was supposed to be for the public. It ended up that four groups bought every coin available in 20 seconds for a value. <laughs> A value of twenty-five million dollars. <laughs> Just boom, twenty-five million dollars. Couple seconds, that was it. But it was it was really a nightmare for for people 
because they want they sit there waiting and waiting and waiting and the transactions that they wanted to buy tokens from never went through they never got their tokens they they were expecting to sell you know what 20,000 of these tokens and mm. to to a good you know thousand customers or something and yeah it ended up being like a couple customers bought all of them <laughs> and what this company sells or what this company makes is a white paper. That's huh? they ju they just they have a white paper for a plan for a virtual reality space, <laughs> and their their profit is from selling tokens which can purchase land in this virtual space, but it doesn't exist. And it, Nothing it's exists so except weird. for it's except so for the weird. token. The token is the only part of this thing that exists. And you're like, "Hey, look who's joined us!" There's John. We're talking about tokens right now. You are. What kind of tokens are we talking about? Um, the Decentraland ICO. Okay. So so we 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 led into this conversation because I, I we were talking about the meetup. That was such a bummer, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh my goodness. But yeah, so Decentraland basically has a white paper, uh, a marketing website, and a a development outline of when they're going to have an actual thing. <laughs> and that it's was, like that was that was very clear. <laughs> right, and it's like okay, so they raised twenty five million doing this, huh? That seems like a lot of money for a purely conceptual period of the development of this thing. What I was most disappointed about in that the meetup that got canceled was that they were supposed to show us about creating tokens in uh, some framework that's out there. And now I can't think of the name of it. I could go look it up, but that's Truffle. what I wanted. That might be it, yeah. That's the like, only one. Yeah, so it'd be... It was supposed to make it nice and easy get a coin up and running and you know start to look at how to interact with contracts so well i can tell you that truffle has a demo called the truffle pet shop if you google that phrase you will get an excellent walkthrough on creating your own tokens and the hows and whys of tokens on the ethereum chain hmm. okay and it's a it's a it's the, one of the best tutorials I've seen for Ethereum and Solidity programming so far. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. That might have been what the guy was going to walk us through. It was. It, he. It was in the description. Hmm. Yeah. So I, these ICOs. I mean, I. If you you can raise twenty five million dollars off of concept stuff. I mean, broad concept stuff. The idea of a 3D environment where you have to purchase land is not a new concept. It's just Second Life or any other mm -hmm. virtual spaces. And they're like, this one's on the blockchain. <clears throat> like, whoop-dee-doo, that's super cool. Well, that was the funny thing about this meetup, that, that they were talking about so many, so many people come to them with use cases for the blockchain and... And keep in mind, these are people who are in the industry who make a living and money off the blockchain. And they're like, 
Why would you do that in a blockchain? Why wouldn't you just do that in MySQL? Just use MySQL. Yeah. And, it's like, and that was like that was like their answer to so many things. And it's like, uh, really? <laughs> well, I read an article that described what's going on with tokens and this kind of ledger that basically said that this is uh, triple entry accounting and that it will have the same impact in you know societally as double entry accounting did when it was invented in Mesopotamia. But mm-hmm. it's going to take decades, if not a century, for it to really, you know, achieve its ultimate end capabilities. Yeah. All right. That, so, or, that or season wanna, three of I Mr. Mean, Robot. We, we went down the cryptocurrency path already because uh, that was part of our week this week. But we're not we're not going to talk about cryptocurrency the entire show. That's not we're not crypto. You have not read yet. the show notes then. So, I, I have, I have, and we're going to get to it. But we have other things to talk about. So how was everybody's week? Now that John has joined us, how was everybody's week? Stressful. Excellent. My parents are Stressful. here. Stressful. Excellent. Oh, your parents came out to Colorado, huh? Yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're visiting, and it's been nice and. Uh, just hanging out with my mom and chatting and stuff like that. Cool. Uh, she's enjoying being able to indulge the children, which they are enjoying plenty. <laughs> and, and are you, well, are you annoying you... her with uh, blockchain talk constantly? No, I save that for my dad. <laughs> my mom just ta- wants to talk about how I'm, I'm so close to being a well-adjusted adult, and why can't I just make that last few steps? <laughs> Sounds like a nice mom. Well, she is. She's John wonderful. and I hit John and I hit a couple of milestones this past week. Not to steal the spotlight from you and your your mom and dad talk, which is which is cute and cuddly and all go that. Go on, go on. But John and I had a couple of milestones. Did you listen to episode one? Who goes there of the PHP podcast, the official podcast of PHP Architect? I did. You did? Yeah, I did. I did. I listened to the episode. <laughs> Wow. Um, Impressive. Wasn't expecting that answer. (laughs) I wasn't either. (laughs) How were you? If I can be completely honest. How were you not expecting that answer? I talked about the episode. I don't think you listened to the first six I don't think you listened to the first sixty five episodes of this show till you started editing it. Yeah, I didn't. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Why wouldn't you have gone and listened to that one? I just I wanted to see if this show could sustain itself without me. And the answer, yeah, the answer was a no, resounding no. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Com- completely yeah. different show. Yeah. completely different show. <laughs> it, was a, it was a very different show. Uh, one might say it, it was trending towards educational, which is not not what I bring to the table here. <laughs> <laughs> a little faster paced than the show was too. Yeah, it is. It is a bit faster paced, <clears throat> and you you oh, cover a lot yeah. of cover a lot of facts yeah well we're just reviewing we're just reviewing whatever's in the issue of php architect yeah. for that month so it's not, even, fake it's not like we're doing any, any research yeah, fake news. it's not even reviewing that's that's a i don't necessarily like that because we're not you know giving thumbs up or down on article content yeah, yeah. there's just, absolutely no opinion from us yeah you're just yeah. shilling yeah exactly <laughs> You 
You said there were a couple things. What else? There. What do you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You said there were a couple milestones. What's your second milestone here? Oh, uh, just just the the wave stuff. Oh man, it finally has ah. some momentum. Yeah, that's interesting, man, and stressful. Oh my goodness, it's stressful. But yeah, John and I just getting the wheels going. I mean, contracts are are have been signed and. You know, it's really happening now. It's so weird. It's weird. I did a, I did a little work last uh, night on the, the site. Nothing live yet for anyone to look at, but trying to get something put together. I just realized I am yeah. not an HTML, CSS type of person. Not at all. I could tweak, this, I could this tweak is... existing stuff a little bit, but man, trying to put something together <laughs> is not my forte. Yeah, it's definitely... There's this a, is what we're, definitely... we're talking about this. Definitely a, a good fifty percent of the work in the design build process is design. Yeah, and that's that's where I fall so, flat on my face. I, I, after the show last week, even before you finished editing the show, I tweeted out that we 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 had made the announcement of uh, Wave PHP, and man, we got a, so much feedback, and pretty much all of it's positive. Uh, weirdly, weirdly of... hurtful feedback. <laughs> there, there were there were a couple of people like you know very concerned about sp- finding sponsors and or, those or, tweets came from experienced conference organizers. So, or the fact, oh, uh, good, or the good. fact that there is yet another PHP conference. Uh, I don't I, see. I, I don't. I didn't interpret any of them like that. Just just that you know. Yes, there was a resurgence of community community conferences where it, it seemed like a lot had kind of shut down over the last couple of years and then all of a sudden this year a bunch of new ones are firing up and I think that's natural and I still think with the exception of Longhorn which is Texas there's still nobody out yeah. out here in the southwest so I'm I'm perfectly comfortable with it's not like we're stepping on anybody's toes right now and uh I, I was so I, I'm fine with that I still think there's a need um I think one of the more encouraging ones I saw one of the more encouraging tweets was from the organizer over at uh, Arizona PHP mm. who just basically said, hey, you know, I was thinking about doing something small here, but maybe I'll just charter a bus now. And like, that would be fantastic. <laughs> you are <laughs> charter a bus. You were not invited. <laughs> you, you can charter a bus the hell out of here. So, Man, I'm so excited about this. I think we talked about the the place we're hosting it at and how it's on the beach and just Southern California in in September, October. You just can't beat it. I mean, you really can't. So should be a good time. September nineteenth awesome. uh, through the twenty first. Two thousand eighteen. Right. Right. Got to make sure. 2018, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes 2018. Not a month from now. <laughs> but uh, but it's going to be, uh, it's it's exciting, man. It's exciting stuff. I tell you, we're going we're gonna to get some call for papers up here shortly. We're going to get some pricing up there. Um, hopefully some aggressive early bird pricing and try and get some tickets sold. But yeah. look for it. Look for Wave PHP yeah. because we will be talking a lot about <laughs> I've it. Ar- I've already had people say they would uh, submit uh, papers once we are accepting them. So that was that was uh, good yeah. to hear. You're gonna have to teach me how to write a paper for submitting to a call for papers. There, there's no I... paper, right? Just say, hey, here's what I'm gonna talk about. 
talk I, about? I already there's, told you that. <laughs> there's there's nothing formal. All you need you need a a title, a description that is intriguing the people at the conference, like just participants. See, there's my problem. And and then a blurb to the to the people running the conference, like a little more detail of what you're what you're aiming to accomplish with your presentation. See, I, I a check a check to Barbus might help as well. I know what I want to talk about, which is which is the thing <laughs> I've already told you about. No, see, that's the thing is if I if I said I'm doing a a hosting PHP on the blockchain talk, I, it would flood the the audience with blockchain people. People would flip out. <laughs> might be a way to sell some I, I was thinking about that. <laughs> When, when we were when we were at that when we were at that meetup, I was sitting there thinking, you know, if all these people came to our conference, we'd be halfway there to our goal. Just, I mean, they were getting half the people that we're hoping to get to a conference. You know, we're hoping to get around two hundred people. There were a hundred people just at this one meetup. Don't get me back on the blockchain conversation. We're not. I'm not. I'm not ready. We're we're, we're not doing this. We're not. We're not having a whole podcast on blockchain. Do you want to talk about religion Bitcoins. instead? Sure. The Lotos network is a network that's trying to move Buddhism onto the blockchain. God damn it, Thomas! <laughs> this thing is bizarre. What is this you're talking about? Buddhism on the blockchain. Buddhism on the blockchain. Yeah. Lotus.network. Lotos. L-O-T-O-S. Lotos. Yeah. Lotus. And the idea is to build an economy around religious study and... Rethinking religion. Yes. Decentralized religion. A complete Buddhist... What? It's a strange concept, but it basically allows for a self-policing religious economy. Aren't they already Uh, self-policing? No, because, because they hide how much they make and they also don't pay taxes and there i don't want to go down that path but no uh corruption in religion and it is a huge problem um you know if i name a religion you can probably immediately think of the scandal associated with that religion like catholicism your mind goes to a specific place you go yeah oh, i know the the joke about catholics mm-hmm. So what's, the, not what's the point of this? Did you look into this at all? I did. Uh, and this is an idea that sort of takes the money and acknowledges that, that religious education is a financial... Uh, Why is there money involved? I don't, I don't understand. Because I it, understood that... The, because it acknowledges that the, money is involved in religion. Whether or not we like it, religion <sighs> is a, a financial institution for educators, caretakers, and... Uh, gurus is that they they do make money off of the teachings that they provide and to say that they don't is to blindly walk a line of faith for no reason you know I, every religion has its source of income with tithings or with... so do you have to pay to, to be part of this organization or no but there are a lot of buddhist educators out there who get paid for their lessons to people and this is sort of a a concept to unify that system of teaching dude this is creepy man it's it's kind of yeah kind of totally weird this is like cyberpunk to to the 10th degree here this is weird man 
Well, I these uh, these Buddhist temples can be in the real life Buddhist temples can be extremely intimidating for mm-hmm. for casual practitioners because it's you you go into a situation where they expect you to have a certain amount of knowledge or ethnicity and if you don't meet their expectations they can get very upset at you and mm. yeah it's it's a strange concept but at least it's not about the blockchain unlike the next um, topic okay the next topic yeah so what wait what what do you mean the next topic what's the next topic this shit is crazy i the so i Go ahead. Say say what it is, because I got I got something I want to say. This about is it. a tweet that says the Segwit two X hard fork scheduled for November is an attempted hostile corporate takeover of the Bitcoin protocol. Fight it and educate people. Henry Braid at Technom four G E. So this the Segwit thing, I would have had no idea what you were talking about with this card had I not gone to this meetup on Thursday. Yeah. And this was actually a part of the conversation and when they're talking about it the whole time in my head i'm like oh it's the it's ecoin it's ecoin yep from Ro- mr robot that's exactly what it is which is how far ahead that show is thinking that they started shooting the episodes about ecoin and the digital coin takeover a year ago yeah so this is my understanding from, from what I got from the guys at the meetup was this is basically corporate America trying to get their hands around this cryptocurrency and saying, okay, we're going to we're going to create the the cryptocurrency that's a real cryptocurrency now. And right, and we're going to we're going to lend not... our legitimacy to your currently obviously illegitimate operation. Right, right. Thoughts, opinions, and this is the last blockchain cryptocurrency conversation we're having. Well, it's it's interesting because the Bitcoin Cash fork has taken some bizarre turns. So part of the Bitcoin Cash fork was knowing that they were going to lose a lot of hashing power after the fork. So they put in a patch to allow for a dynamic adjustment of the difficulty so that they could generate coins at the same rate as Bitcoin, but with a lower hashing power. And so Mm -hmm. what's happening is people with these giant hashing networks are crashing the difficulty curve and then mining for an hour and then logging off, crashing the difficulty curve and then logging back on and mining as fast as possible for so they're gaming this newly written difficulty algorithm and just destroying the market they're they're absolutely throttling bitcoin cash difficulty and there's nothing that can be done about it because the system that they have is almost a 51 percent attack style thing where mm-hmm. they just say hey, if the last 20 minutes wasn't profitable or wasn't producing enough coinage, then lower the difficulty. So these guys go offline, make the last 20 minutes suck, and then come back online, and they're hashing at a much easier difficulty. Mm, So there's a lot of... Yeah, there's a lot of market thrashing in Bitcoin Cash right now because their difficulty is variable. It's not a coin I would invest in 
in the slightest bit. And you'll see the same thing happening with other segwits that are going to occur. I mean, now that we've seen that segwits can happen, they're going to happen. And they're gonna, some of them are going to be hostile, and some of them are going to be for the greater good of man. And <clears throat> I think, honestly, Bitcoin Cash might be on the right side of history for this one because they said rules don't change. And mm. by introducing the SegWit change, Bitcoin has said sometimes rules change. And now corporations are saying... Hey, yeah, rules can change anytime we want to, man. What's your big deal? Why don't you just sit down and hang out with me? Rules are rules are for losers. Come. Actually, wasn't this one of the points they brought up on Thursday, John? Yeah, they were about that whole rules union. They were saying that rules should be able to change if it's in the benefit of the the economy. Is that what they said? I can't. I can't remember. And I do remember they gave some examples that, which I thought were were pretty poignant at the time, but can't remember any of them right, and right now. They were saying with this the SegWit change that sure it's easy to change one piece of it, like the developers put the code in, but then it doesn't really take effect until everybody else implements it. All the um, all the wallet uh, the wallet stores the. Uh, like Coinbase, the exchanges, they all have to implement it as well to make it really work. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, but at the cost for them to implement it is very low. Yeah. Don't know. Okay, moving on. You guys, Thomas, did you guys see that meet, first... Uh, we got a new meetup. Did you guys see that first Bitcoin faucet? Thomas! It gave, it gave out no five Bitcoin Bitcoins crypto. for free. $24,000. I'm sorry, you have a new blog? Oh my god. Podcast? Just, the, just like the dense the density of your of your noggin, man. No. No, we had we had a new we had a meetup this past week, a Laravel meetup at a new location. I think you would have liked this location too. It was closer to your home. Your previous hmm. home. Your previous home. It was very ni very nice. Space was good. Yeah, it was a it was a nice nice uh, facility. Yeah, nice space. And it was funny because uh, one of our members of the group had reached out to me for to ha have us come to this uh, place of business that he he worked at. And I got there and I found out like other members of the group worked there. And like, Mark, I didn't know you were here. It was, so it was fun. It was it was nice. Did a little talk. I did I did a talk on five five. Uh, Marcus did a talk on um, what's it called, John? Horizon. 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 Yeah. Mm. yeah, Eric's talk was really good on five five. It was the way he he stepped through it, and it was more demo style than it was just a slide presentation. Hmm. There were zero slides. <laughs> so so it, it was fun. We could we could, we could shout things out like. Hey, now try changing this and and try that, and so it's more interactive. Put your pants on. Yeah, let's see what the results are. Yeah, <laughs> stop like waving that thing around. <laughs> what thing? My hands are look. I got stain. I got stain all over myself. I'm, I might my office is demolished right now. You guys can't see it because I got everything pushed to the Except side. This table back I'm here. like, oh here, yeah. like seems dusty. Yeah, this is too. this is my this is my new desk. I've been building a new desk. I did the whole. Uh, um, cast iron uh desk thing so i went and got a bunch of cast iron and built a desk and and it's 
way bigger than it should be. <laughs> you say cast iron desk thing like that's a current trend in the community that I should be aware of. Everywhere I turn, I, I thought I had a brilliant idea. Like I thought about this about a year or so, about a year and a half ago, right after I built my office. I like building desks. I'm not good at it, keep in mind, but I enjoy building desks. I don't know why. I just like doing it. And uh, right after I finished building my desk uh, in, in my new office, I, I was immediately not happy with it. <laughs> and one of the things that <laughs> builders one of the things I wasn't happy about was that it wasn't freestanding. I couldn't I couldn't move it around, and I, I knew that was going to be a problem eventually. So I thought I had a brilliant idea. I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I see this cast iron like these pipes and stuff. I'm just going to take some pipes and build a desk with these pipes. And I thought it would be a lot cheaper than it was. It wasn't really that cheap, to be completely honest with you. Uh, of course, I bought the pipes new. I'm sure, I'm sure if I looked around, I could find these things like secondhand where they've been used and discarded or something. But I bought the pipes new. But after I after I had that idea, all of a sudden I started seeing furniture everywhere done with with these pipes. It's like bookshelves and. I mean, John and I went to a coffee shop right here in town where everything was, was done like that. I'm like, son of a bitch, everybody's doing this. So I finally broke down and did it this weekend. Yeah, it's a, you can thank Pinterest for that one. Yeah, probably, probably. So I'm I'm sort of happy with how it turned out. Like I said, I had to put some uh, some union unions in that I, I hadn't anticipated. So the complete length of my desk increased by about... By about three or four inches, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're doing r- measurements in a, in a small confined space, three or four inches turns out to be a lot of space. <laughs> so, hey, honey, so three, three little, or four inches bigger. is quite big, if you ask me. That's bigger, right. bigger than average, at so least. I don't know. So now I still have to take down. Now that I have this built, I need to take all this stuff down and and just rearrange rearrange stuff so i'm probably building another bookshelf which is another thing i enjoy doing it's still not very good at it but it's it's like if you if you were ever to get john's been in my office and it's like all my bookshelves i built and like they're all nothing is level like everything is crooked and you know balls are rolling off of them and nothing is nothing there's no mistake and this was not a professional job (laughs) i think if you're making a shelf whose purpose is to hold balls you need to be extra careful about making it level yeah yeah i should i really need to understand the leveler (laughs) the whole level thing a little better is it Uh, is it a complicated tool i'm just not good at it (laughs) yeah it's got that little bubble that bounces back and forth i can't tell if it's a game or what that's the thing is that he gets he gets entranced by the bubble he just starts staring at it My problem is I can't cut a straight line. So I, I, the wife actually bought me a new saw that I'm dying to use that that will help me cut lines. But I, I used to have a handsaw. It's like you, you would think it would be easy to cut a straight line. For life of me, I can't do it. So now that I have this table saw, I, so like I said, I like building things. I'm not good at it. What I don't like is the whole putting screws or nails into stuff. And I, I have this uh, hobby, or not a hobby, I have this thing I enjoy, which is like this Japanese binding carpentry, where they make all the stuff with no nails, no screws, they just bind them and wedge them, and it's the coolest thing. Now, 
I know how bad I screw up a shelf with nails and screws in it. I, I, I'm dying to see how bad I build something <laughs> trying just to use findings. Well, yeah, I think fun. in that case, you're just trying to put together a broken jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not going to go together without pieces being veering off in the wrong direction. So you just want a biscuit joiner. Is that, is that what you want? I know what he's talking yeah, about. It's, it's more complicated but yeah, than that. They do other... Yeah, they they have all these different different binds and joints that they do. But yeah, biscuit is one of them. You're you're right. But yeah, no, it's cool. You got to see. There's like a whole thing on YouTube with with these carpenters and the different ways they build stuff. Like these elegant, you know, beautiful Chinese cabinets that you see, and then you realize there's there's no nails or anything in them. They're just all just bound together, and they're gorgeous, absolutely it gets gorgeous. Us back to our, our, I, I, it gets I, us back I, to the topic of wanting to see other people's like youtube lists or what youtube would find interesting in their lists because now speaking of yeah speaking of gorgeous what speaking of gorgeous have you guys seen the the new elon musk spacesuit is that what the pictures like you put a picture on the trello board i'm like what is the picture on the Trello board? What is this? There's no link, no description, nothing to it. Well, I figured you would... Is that what that is? Yeah, it's Elon Musk's new spacesuit designed for, for his space program. And, boy, okay. it, it sure is pretty. <laughs> okay. It looks like motorcycle leathers. Yeah, it does. The, the, where this, were we, were we this, this is a fascinating, this? <laughs> fascinating conversation right now. <laughs> Someone moved the the picture there. I wasn't going to bring it up if it didn't. Anyway, I wanted to ask why there was a picture. All right, put, talk about the one. We're all over the map here. I'm trying to I'm trying to steer the conversation to programming and to- topics like that. You keep steering the conversation away. So you you move this next one. Go ahead, talk about it. The other week we were talking about one of the uh, horrible alt right white power websites that got kicked off the internet basically mm-hmm. and uh vice Ma- vice mm-hmm. news did an interview with the ceo of cloudflare that was absolutely fascinating because i heard that whole show was fascinating this one was really strange because he basically said i realized i was in a position where i as a single individual person could give the order to remove this website this free speech from the internet and I realized nobody should have the power to be able to say remove this from the internet but also fuck those guys so I said remove this from the internet it, <laughs> it was great it was so great oh I gotta watch this because he I gotta watch because it. the the interviewer didn't understand what he was saying by nobody should have this power he said over and over mm-hmm. something has to happen to take this power away from me because as much as I think I'm a great guy also fuck those other guys <laughs> which means I'm not a great guy which means I shouldn't have this power no, neither should anyone else and it was it was such a beautiful explanation of of this accidental power position he put himself in where he could just shut down any website that he wanted to because everyone used him. 70% of DNS resolves through Cloudflare. And so he's just like, yeah, yeah now you're gone. Ha ha. 
that's what you get for being lame. Also, someone please take this gun away from me. I clearly can't be trusted with it. No one can. Uh, and he he was really and he was hoping that him taking this action of stifling someone else's speech on the internet would prompt the conversation of why does this guy who no one's ever heard of until now have the power to just remove any voice from the internet i think it might have on the on the on the fringes of technology uh we we brought up similar conversation on our last podcast but the the problem is and and like we talked about last week is in general too many people agreed with the action. Right. So nobody really wants to question <laughs> right. it because everybody's like, he, yeah, no, he wanted those it. guys are dicks. He wanted you, it you questioned right. more yeah. than everyone else did, which is, uh, yeah. which is, that's, that's a good CEO. When the CEO's like, guys, take this, take this out of my hands. Cause you know, as much as I love punching Nazis, I, I shouldn't be able to do it with impunity because yeah. that means other and, people. And, and again, again, you know, this 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 starts this this snowball becomes net neutrality, and and you know, companies saying, well, you know, now we want to shape the traffic that's on our network. Not that we're trying to stifle free speech, but we don't think you should be able to watch porn, or or if you do want to watch porn, you're going to have to pay extra to watch porn because. We don't. We don't want to. We don't want that traffic on our network, or you know, or Netflix because Netflix takes up so much bandwidth. If you want to watch Netflix on our network, you got. And you know, there, We keep talking about these. There are these precedents that are being set that we think are being set good because neo Nazis got kicked off the internet. But the precedents that's really being set is not that good. And somebody has to sit down and have an ugly conversation about it, and you know where we we are where we are with it, and how we want to control it because it's not a pleasant conversation. You don't want child pornography on the internet. You don't want that. But how do you enable somebody the authority to stifle that stuff without them overreaching that authority and claiming? You know, like Homeland Security. Oh, well, now, you know, we don't need to worry about the Constitution because we're Homeland Security. We've been deemed above that. You want to be safe or you want to be free? You know, Move along. Exactly. So it's it's such a tough conversation. And, and unfortunately, there there's very few people, I think, in the world who understands it and understands all the angles and all the impact. And the problem is, the or the the corporations and the people with money have the resources to, to start throwing at, at the politicians and say, see, this is why we need to be able to control the traffic on our networks, this sort of stuff. We don't want Nazi. If, if, if we had net neutrality or if we had control over our network, there, these Nazis would have never existed. And you have politicians saying, Oh yeah, that does make sense. It wasn't about Netflix. It wasn't about porn. It's, it's, it's about, about Nazis. Nazis off. Yeah, yeah. It's like, look at this hand. Look at this hand. Look at this hand. And you know, meantime, the the other hand's picking the, everybody else's Grab pocket. me by the pussy. It's tough. All right. So speaking of free speech, we have another person who wants to stifle somebody's free speech. The former CIA agent, which I'm like, a former CIA agent. How do you? How is her picture on any website <laughs> anywhere? But I guess. I guess she got out <laughs> by Bush because or she's Valerie Plame. 
because, yeah. because she was involved in one of the greatest scandals of her time. In <laughs> well, she she has a Kickstarter now. She's trying to raise enough money to buy Twitter so that she can shut down Donald Trump's. That account. is stupid. Now, it's that's like try, it's that's like trying to raise enough bogus. money to buy money. <laughs> It's all pretty bogus because her. The, if you look at the Kickstarter, I'm curious where she's at now, but her goal on Kickstarter is um, one billion dollars. Was two two billion? I thought it was two billion. Uh, one, according to this Yahoo and, article, yeah, it's one, one billion. billion. Oh, it does say one billion. Okay, and the the the, the, the fact of the matter is that wouldn't buy Twitter. <laughs> like Twitter's <laughs> no. worth like seventeen yeah. billion. That would or, buy a share. Something. Kicks, Kickstarter okay. would love it though. No, they did. They did say she would have. She would have Kickstarter would love it huh? though. They take. They take their little I, cut I, of that. Actually, it's go. Oh. It's GoFundMe. It's GoFundMe. It's not Kickstarter. Uh, so at the time of this article, she had raised six thousand dollars, and that that's my question. Is first thing people are contributing money, which is like really what do you what. What is six thousand dollars worth of people thinking to contribute to this? I'm sure it's higher now, but like, what? I don't know how GoFundMe works, but it, does that money get released if the goal's I think not GoFundMe met? I mean, does. Did, did people yeah. just give I think her GoFundMe releases right away? Yeah, it's it's just a busking platform, basically. Mm-hmm. Which is why she used GoFundMe. She, I think, she came out and said. Listen, this is a statement, not a an actual thing I intend to achieve, and I will use the money to deride Donald Trump in, in any way I can. And this is before he pardoned Joe Arpaio, which Jesus Christ, okay. guy's a piece classic. of work. Come, the guy's a classic. All right, so moving on to a little bit doom and gloom, but more technology, AI is taking over the world at a much quicker pace no, it's than not. anybody could have possibly anticipated. You say no, it's not? Well, an AI wrote an entire pop album? Yes. Well, that's the first That's the first uh, article. So, so the first album that was written and produced by Artificial Intelligence was released. I listened to a couple tracks. Not terrible. Not something I would buy. There is a there is a singer on it who sings, who I guess all she was allowed to do was give some direction, but the the artificial intelligence actually created all the rhythms and beats and everything. So it's it's definitely not going to win any Grammys or anything. But I've heard worse. I, I've definitely heard worse albums produced by humans than this one by this AI, and so. I thought I was impressed. Um, we'll have links to links to a couple of the tracks, but then later, Thomas, are you familiar? You're a gamer. Are you familiar with the game Dot Dota Dota Two Dota Two Dota? Are you familiar with Dota Two? Yes, 2? I am. Well, can, can you explain to me what the premise of Dota Two is? It's a three-lane um, arena-style Morpig. Um, okay. All right. It's so the interesting thing about this story is people develop some AI to uh, basically challenge and I, I guess obliterate, uh, just totally wipe out the 
Dota 2 reigning champion. It was very much like uh, Big Blue in the chess tournaments, uh, you know, years back when IBM was working on, you know, making artificial intelligence play chess and beat grandmasters, which, you know, they started doing. But there's a catch to this one. There's a complete twist that's really freaking me out. What's that? For them to... for them to train the AI to beat these champions, and and they 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 put it up against several champions. Uh, the the number one contender who it just it just wiped the floor with, and everybody else subsequently who went up against it really was completely outmatched. But the but the cool key thing about it is the way they trained this AI was they took the artificial intelligence, they cloned it. So they have two artificial intelligent machines. They had them play Dodo 2 against each other. And like within a day, the two machines, it was like war games. Remember war games where he's playing chess, he's just going... It was like that. Within a day, they had played a lifetime of Dota 2. And then the scientists or or the coders would go in there and start to... Um, kind of evaluate their 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 approaches, give some instruction on okay, this is where you went wrong. This is that's how they trained it. So they tra- they trained it by putting one AI up, up against the other AI, and then they started evaluating each each other, and it trained that's, itself. I mean, there was there was very this just crazy. bizarre, right? But see, that's what, that's what, I don't know enough about yeah. AI outside of what I took in college. Many decades ago, I say many. It's two decades, but what are they looking at? and What are they tweaking? That, that's the yeah. I, I I don't I don't know enough about it either because you know what I what I gathered from the story is it wasn't that much. But my whole thing is like how how did how did he even know how to play the game? Like you you had to give it some instructions like. How did he even know what it was? Well, Dota is very predictable. Everything is based on some very set numbers and timers and things like that. So it's it's sort of it's hard to explain, but this this doesn't really impress me a, a whole lot. First off, it's a one-on-one game, which is not how Dota is played professionally right and they 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 acknowledge that and they say that the next step will be to put a team up against a team of AI. Yeah, good fucking luck because that will fail miserably <laughs> because that's where the skill in this game actually sits is that combining the abilities of players the cooperative elements and the the work that the coaches do is I mean, it's it's like saying I, we built a soccer ball shooting robot that beat uh, a soccer player. Oh, yeah, no shit. You you fired a soccer ball at 100 miles an hour at the net, and it was faster than the soccer player. But you can't make a team of soccer ball guns that's going to beat a team of professional soccer players because that's not how you play soccer. I'm I'm surprised to hear this from you, quite quite honestly. I think this is a false. Equivalent equivocation of AI in, in in progress, but the video game AI has always been better. But the whole point is it's it's learning, so, so it, it should be 
gathering information as it plays one-on-one games to use that information later in these team games, right? So, right. I mean... Yeah. But these... And, and just, just, just to be clear, when, when Skynet does launch and it goes back and watches all these YouTube videos to understand who was there for them, who was against them, Thomas is the one you guys <laughs> want to kill. Okay, John and I we're we're impressed. Tom, he's not so impressed. Kill him. Okay. See, this is Move this on. is because I didn't like his intro story. Oh, I missed the intro story. Yeah, you dick. Nobody nobody likes you. I say I say that I I like the intro story. I say Big Bang isn't funny, and he's he tells the robots of the world to gang up and kill me. <laughs> we don't need to rehash. People people have already listened to it. All right, so our next uh, our next story might sound familiar but it's kind of a retread of an old problem apparently <laughs> uh, i guess node node js is being forked again so it had been forked well, it was about last year right it was forked and then everybody made up and there were hugs and kisses and they all merged back together and now they're forking again kind of the same problem People aren't happy with the progress of you know PRs that are being merged into to Node, and they they're saying the leadership isn't there, and it kind of what I remember being the same stories from the first split. Do we care about this? Do we think it's going to have an impact? No, Node is stupid. <laughs> how how can you use Node? Everybody uses Node now. I don't. I mean, how can you say it's stupid? Even if you don't develop it, I will tell you. You have Node packages. You have never done Node install. I'll tell you exactly exactly how I can shit on Node right now. I have currently in my console last few GCs MS Mark Sweep fourteen oh one point two allocation failure GC and old space requested last resort last resort security context once duplex fatal error call and retry last allocation failed JavaScript heap out of memory. That's currently on my screen. Okay. Because so, node so is you have done NPM because install. node is garbage, and that's just me trying to get gulp to run. <laughs> so thank you, node community, for opening up your new support request forum on somebody else's fork. I'm sure it will get a lot of use. <laughs> hostile, hostile towards node. Well, My yeah, because everyone says Node is the greatest thing since since sliced JavaScript, and it's not. It's bullshit. <laughs> Which Node are they talking wait, 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 about? Wait, can, can you can you tell me how you no- really feel? One of the most popular, developer. one of the most popular Node projects, is an application to switch between Node providers on a single host. So. <laughs> Suck on that. If if you think Node is good, then that should not be your most popular project, is how to get different versions of ro- Node all running together. <laughs> Funny. Oh, man. Do you know that uh, the police 3D printed somebody's fingerprint to unlock their iPhone? No, seriously? Yeah, police in Michigan couldn't get the warrant to force the guy to unlock his phone, because that's disclosure of information that... He doesn't want to disclose, but they fingerprinted him for booking, so they just three three D printed his fingerprint and unlocked yeah, that's his what phone. Everyone sh- hey guys, I'll 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 be right back. You guys go ahead and carry on. I'll be I might be a few minutes. Yeah. Right. That's what people don't don't seem to understand is 
the reason after you restart your phone that you have to enter your passcode well not the reason but a reason is you can't be forced to give up uh the the, the pin to get in but they can require you to use your fingerprint so it if you're ever right. in trouble you turn your phone off first well this is what i like ios 11 the apple os for their stupid phones is now has the feature to turn off touch id which is the fingerprint unlocking mm. mechanism um, and you have to restart the phone and enter the passcode to re-enable it from there so if you get pulled over i think it's you you tap on the home oh no tap the power button quickly five times which initiates a call to 911 that you have to then confirm but it also disables touch id so that you can't be forced to unlock your phone okay. by anybody so i don't understand the difference and, between just turning your phone off you're hitting the power button anyway just hold it down for a second and because when you power your phone back on you still touch id still is should, still enabled well, not on android on android they make you enter your passcode yes we, we we can objectively say that Android is ahead of iOS in this market. <laughs> I assumed, I made the assumption that iOS was the same way. No, with iOS to disable Touch ID, you actually had to go through a whole menu that required a reboot of your phone after you had disabled it, and now it's a a different, whole different scenario. Wow. Have you seen the uh, the IRC channel? No. <laughs> I've not. Yeah, I know you haven't. There's like four people in it now. I I I get so turned off with chat in general. I don't pay attention to like our company Slack channel most of the time unless you unless you say my name or acknowledge me somehow. It's like it takes up so much time and within the SDPHP IRC channel it often devolved into gaming which I have absolutely no interest in i mean i have interest but most i don't play games so everyone would get on these long tires and i can't keep up with it and then there was very little so but see, I, it just became hard i remember when i was kicked out of the diego dev general chat and you guys said don't worry about it the irc channel is still there but hey, guess hey, what's hey, not hey, still there you guys so use guys I was gonna say when I, when I saw you post the card, why why is the SDPHP IRC channel dead now? I'm like because we hired them all and they're all working yeah, for us. Yeah, I know, now, and so, so now everybody's in none stuff. of them know how to get a hold of me <laughs> and show me all the love that I really deserve. So I'm spoiled. Yes, changing subjects also because you can have bread graciously and. Yeah, no, I can't have bread. Uh, I miss well, bread. Well, they're using the word spoiled I, wrong, then. I, I miss bread. <laughs> <laughs> the last couple of times we've bought cars, um, I bought them through an online service. I don't know if we should promote it or not, but it's a very popular online service that, you know, you buy cars and you get the maximum <laughs> benefit from Bang bus. But... Uh, <laughs> I had I've always had a really good experience with it. Is that not the one you were thinking? Um, no. <laughs> uh, today um, we uh, we bought a car for my daughter, 
and um, did the same thing I, I had been doing. I went to this service. Uh, I went online, uh, narrowed down the car, had all the requirements and everything. Um, went and made an appointment to go look at it. And as we're going to it, the, the wife is checking out the cars. And she goes, hey, there's one right at the dealership, right down the street from this other place that has the same car, basically, for you know less money. Had my daughter with me at the time. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, let's go check out this one because we have an appointment made up. Then we'll go check out the dealership one. We go walk in there. There's a person there to greet us. Hey, how you doing? Here's your car. We look at the cars. Like, yep, this is what we're thinking about. Um, we're going to go look at this other one at the other dealership. I'm like, okay, get to the other dealership. Dude, I have completely forgotten. And now I remember how much I despise working with car dealerships. Really? We get there, and of course, that car, that car is not really ready, and and it's not certified, and it's not really on display yet. But they have these other cars that are kind of the same thing, just a few thousand dollars more. And I'm like, yeah, no, we already have a car a few thousand dollars more at, at the other dealership. We came here specifically for that car because you guys said it was cheaper. It was like the whole bait and switch. Let me upsell you here. Hey, look at this one. Hey, how shiny is that? You know, it's like my, my daughter who went from ecstatic that she was getting a new car within like 10 minutes was like, this is a horrible experience. And she's like, I could, I could see it on her face. She's like, can we be done here? And so sure enough, we left and, you know, we were calling it. We're like, yeah. Before we could, before we could even get back to the other dealership, that the dealer, which the other dealership was a used car online service, uh, the dealership for the for the car we were buying, which was a Volkswagen, that sales guy was calling us and texting my wife and called me with an offer, and I'm like, nope, not interested. Turned around and texted my wife, "Hey, I made this offer to your husband, but he says he is wow. not interested." Uh, I'm like, "Are you flipping kidding me right now?" Well, you know it what? It's like such a scummy experience. That's why I always use CarMax. What? With 175 locations nationwide and growing, upfront prices and zero hassles, they stand behind their cars. <laughs> They'll buy your car even if you don't buy one of theirs. <laughs> Yes, that was that was that was the service we used. Actually, I've used uh, used several times now. So, yeah, I can't say the other one because it turns out that what I was doing in the last podcast was a defamation lawsuit, and I am now sponsored by a new legal firm. So, yeah, don't don't advertise something if they're not actually paying you to advertise it because they don't uh, they, they they like to be picky about that kind of thing. Suppers, I don't know. Suppers. But my new, Suppers, my new I don't nest. Know if you're joking or not. <laughs> I think if I was actually getting sued, I would have opened the show with that. I wasn't here at the opening. Maybe you have. <laughs> I'd, I love to go to the San Diego conference, but it's just too close to Mexico for the legal authorities to be comfortable with me going. So I, uh, I, uh, I don't know how you're going to edit this, Thomas, but I. I bailed from you guys. I, I've got like a weird situation here and I don't know how to approach it. Uh, the reason I walked away is because uh, where I'm sitting at my desk, I can see the front of my house and I saw some unusual lights. I'm like, that's weird. That's like in my driveway. So I 
fired up my Nest Cam, and some idiot has parked a mobile home halfway block blocking my half my driveway. I'm like, I, I don't even know what to do. It's it's 11 o'clock at night. This guy parks a camper, a mobile home. Did you knock on the door? Me, I'm deciding whether I should be doing that. Yeah. Or not. Say, hey, you can't park your house at my or, house. Or you just back <laughs> into it and say, oh, crap. I didn't expect anybody to be there. Or, or <laughs> slash his tires. But then he's stuck covering his driveway. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what my uh, what my next move is going to yeah, be. Yeah, but then he's yet, stuck but... too. Sick the dog on him. Yeah, Yazir, the office manager, he's not happy with the layout right now. So he's a little upset with me. You guys know. You guys know the uh, all the all the cookie pop-ups that you see on websites now they say this site uses cookies click here if you're okay yeah. with that mm, part of that european law yeah. yeah and you know not the worst thing ever but stupid for sure but now the european union or the the european union general data protection and regulation agency has really stepped up their game so this is the same group that did the, you know, disclose use of cookies thing. But now mm-hmm. they have a new law that basically stops the propagation of data sales on the internet, of personal information sell, sale. Uh, it is super cool, but it's going to mean a lot of work for us web folks. So... One of the big steps is that third-party data brokers will have to have written consent to broker the data that they've gathered from customers. Every time it changes hands, in order to sell that data, they have to get written consent to sell it. And this is an agency that has no problem cracking down on people who are violating their rules. Mm. So... This might actually be a huge benefit to consumer protections on the internet because we're looking at fines of up to 4% of the annual worldwide turnover of the preceding financial year in case of an enterprise. So billions of dollars in fines are possible under violations of this law. It is cool as hell. But the... um, but this also includes stuff that's going to be a real pain in the ass for us, including a right to erasure. So there was a right to be forgotten rule in place in the EU where you could say, hey, yeah, remove me from your site, uh, unsubscribe. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now that's been updated to the right to erasure, which means don't have backups of my data either. Anywhere where you had my data, remove it now. And that is a very tall order mm-hmm. for some companies. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you guys have done backups. You usually don't dig through the tapes unless something has gone wrong. Now mm-hmm. you're going to have to... And, it's, uh, that, and that's a lot of work. A because lot of work. you have the integrity of the backup. 
Oh, it's that's tough. That that seems like an impossible order to fill. Uh, data breaches have to be reported within, I think it's forty-eight hours. Um, there are data portability protections. Forty-eight hours of discovery, yes. or forty-eight hours of what it discovery. Because <laughs> okay, um, records of processing activities must be maintained. Uh, just a huge list of regulations. It's funny that I saw this story pop up and I haven't seen a lot of it discussed in PHP forums because this is going to be a, an ass load of work for a lot of PHP developers. You're going to have to be writing new tools to cleanse and flush databases. If you use soft deletes on user tables, you cannot use them anymore. Uh, stuff like that. It's, it's going to be a, a big change. And this is coming soon. Uh, this is May 25th. As of right now, it's of only next year. an EU company, right? Uh, negatory. This is this is a EU enforced global rule for handling EU customer data. So, if you are a non-EU company, but you handle EU customers' information, then you fall under the purview of this. They... Uh, agency, but how how can they enforce yeah, it if you're not a, no if way. you're not an EU company? Trade deals, absolutely they could. Oh yeah, they're going to go to Trump and say, "Hey, no, the hey, deals, yeah, the deals already dev, exist. They're not, these, they're not... these these relationships between nations exist already. What 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 deal? They're going to. I don't get. I don't get what you're saying because one site doesn't impose it. Are you saying just if the, if the U.S. in general doesn't enforce it across the board, they'll they'll do yeah, something? Yeah, the EU you could know, sue, wake me up when we get EU to that stage. The EU could sue Diego Dev basically in American court. I, but I don't understand. I don't understand how how they could under what they've made up rules for their country, but we're not in their country. I you know what I'm not an expert in international trade law, so I can't really fight really? you on this one. But it does say good. good idea. It does say that this is going to be fiercely fought over and implemented. So okay, get ready for a lot of extra. How do we work. feel about that? Do we do we th do we think the U.S. should be doing something similar? Absolutely, to protect us instead of what they're doing now, which is the opposite. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Try, yeah. Trying to actively sell our data. Yeah, no, I think the U.S. has their head yeah. up their ass when it comes to the right to information and right to privacy. Mm. Most countries have a right to privacy law in their constitutions. Did you know that? Really. We we just don't. Yeah, we just don't have a right to privacy statement anywhere within our Constitution, Bill of Rights, or Declaration of Independence. Privacy just never, never comes into the picture. All right, uh, I think I don't know. Seems like a good, good spot to wrap things up. Uber wins ruling allowing it to keep yeah. customers from suing in court. You got like OCD. If you see a card, you've got to talk. No, about it's it, when you try to wrap up the podcast. I have to keep it going. I like to, I like to spin my wheels. Uh, you're so mean. I only bring this up because we've been talking about Uber a lot, and we were talking about the case 
two weeks ago where people were required to perform community service because they didn't read the end user license agreements. And as mm -hmm. as dumb and unenforceable as that sounds, on the other side of the coin is Uber saying you cannot sue them because you took a ride in one of their cars. There's no, you accepted the terms of service, so you can't sue us. Uh, also, fuck you, Uber. Because <laughs> how, how did we get to a point in this country where you can sign away a fundamental right like that as part of a 400-page contract for a taxi ride home? That seems oddly unacceptable to me, and they won the case where someone didn't read the 400 pages and clicked on the button that said okay, and now they can't sue a company for getting sexually assaulted in a car. <laughs> that's, okay. To me, that's a little bizarre. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of leeway in that stuff, but I guess they, they did make a law that clicking... I agree. Makes it a binding contract, <laughs> right? Which I'm gonna start putting "I agree" buttons on everything. By signing I write, up for our service, you, and I'm gonna be yeah, by filthy up for our rich. Service, you owe us one million dollars. Well, I could just sneak it in. I I have source code access. I could sneak in. By the way, this is Tom Rideout. You get one. Tom gets one million dollars from you every time you sign into our website, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Just, and then I would just, just I would just use the company's own money against them when I they tried to sue me <laughs> and fire me. I'd say, uh, listen, I know for a fact that your CEO logged into the website he owns, and according to that website, he bindingly cannot sue me or fire me now. <laughs> It would appear the CEO did not read his own terms of service because I am uh, invulnerable. <laughs> You've literally made me a god. <clears throat> but uh, that's the question. How? And then they say no. You didn't. You didn't read your terms of ser service when we hired you. How? How enforceable can these t terms of service be? If you if you can take away the right you to sue a evil? company, if I. John's evil. If I John's an evil guy. If I went into my company's terms of service and changed it to say by accepting these terms of service you agree to a, a raise of 500% for Thomas Rideout, is that enforceable or could they say no you surreptitiously put that into the end user license and I could say well you put the the no lawsuit thing in there surreptitiously you expected exactly. no one to read it. So how is how is mm -hmm. my case any different? Because if, if you're operating under the assumption that the person is supposed to read the end user license agreement every single time they log in or, or perform some action on your service, then I can get away with literally anything. If I get one customer to sign into my website, I can have the rest of their income for the rest of their lives because they signed a contract now. <sighs> and that's all for doom and gloom. I agree with you frustrating as hell <laughs> yeah contracts shouldn't be that easy don't encourage, don't encourage there was a time when you had to have that. a notary to do a lot of things and for some reason now it's just a point and click behavior like that's as good as getting something notarized like i got a notary for my marriage certificate but not for my five-year cell phone plan 
that seems like that's something that should have a notary too. <laughs> you you put that right up at the same level as marriage to another human being, huh? <laughs> Your commitment to your cell phone is just as strong as the commitment to the other human being. I wouldn't being have had to get those stupid cell phones if I didn't with. have three kids now. <laughs> they're, they're related in a way. It's t- tangentially related. Oh my goodness. Why do I hang out with you guys? That was a serious question. Why am I hanging out with you? We're, we're pretty, I'm waiting we're for pretty Thomas cool. to call the show now because... Every time I try to call the show, he he uh, he he continues, and I need to I need to go talk to these bozos out uh, in front Eric, of my what, house and figure out what I'm going to do. What episode number years. is this? This is episode seventy-three, Thomas. I'm Tom Rideout. I'm John Duncan. I'm Eric Van Johnson. TK Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Show notes can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly off the PHP Ugly RSS feed. A rating of five stars on iTunes is appreciated. Submit articles to phpugly at reddit.com slash r slash phpugly. Until next week, keep it ugly.